Hi and welcome to SCL, the Subject, Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from robnonphoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well, how is everybody? Hope everybody's had a great month. Sorry I haven't done a episode recently. I guess I've been, well, it's the normal excuse. I've been really busy at work doing lots of different things. Um, what have I been doing? Um, apart from the podcast, I've been doing a lot of videos actually on YouTube as usual. I've kind of really got into the groove for um, for recording videos using my 600D or my C920 webcam, you know, photography type stuff. And uh, yeah, it seems to be going pretty well. So if you haven't already, nip over to, to robnonphoto.com. If you go on the right hand side and come down a bit, there's a link to go over to my YouTube channel and check out some of the videos. In fact, just at the excuse me just at the weekend i uploaded a guide to the um, olympus mu 2 or stylus epic a fantastic small 35 millimeter film camera that i have done videos about before but i really wanted to have a another crack at it to kind of uh, create a really all-inclusive guide to buying the camera using the camera little sort of hints and tips to uh, getting the best out of uh, that little uh, Olympus Compact because if you haven't heard of the uh, Mew 2 or Stylus Epic already it really is an amazing camera I mean when I talk about my favorite film cameras of all time I, I know I do switch between I tend to switch between the Olympus Strip 35 because I really like that camera because it hasn't got any batteries so I can just pick it up put some film in and shoot with it and you don't have to worry about anything the um, Minolta SRT 101 which again doesn't need batteries it's a fully clockwork camera and I've got a real soft spot for that camera because it's the film camera that got me back into um, film photography really not that I was since I was about 14 it's the one that I picked up from the car boot sale a few years ago from like a fiver with a 50mm 1.4 lens and I really love it but you know these are manual cameras really I know the Trip 35 has auto exposure, but you've got, got manual focus. Where the Mu 2, which came out in 97, I think, or 98, is a real automatic camera. You know, it's auto focus, auto exposure, auto flash. But the difference is that it has this fabulously sharp f2.8 35mm lens. And it's incredibly small as well. It's just, you know, the, the fastest part of the camera is almost exactly the same size as a roll of 35mm film. And you can slip it in your pocket. And it has that amazing Olympus clamshell design that keeps it kind of away from uh, water. And and it's, it's a shower-proof camera as well. So it's a really nice bit of kit. The only fly in the ointment with it is the fact that it does take batteries. But, you know, how can you have a fully automatic camera that doesn't take batteries? Well, you can't really. So I, I really love that little camera. I really do. So... If you go over to the YouTube channel, you can check out that guide. I think the next guide I'm going to be doing is one for the SRT101. I've got to dig it out the drawers, um, write a little script, and just talk about you know why you should think about shooting with an SRT101, or if you see one, why it's a good idea to get one, and then um, where to buy it, and then using the camera because uh, I really enjoy doing these guys, doing these. Um, doing these videos I guess because you know <laughs> you know if you can't do teach and that's <laughs> that's kind of uh, what I what I uh, what I like doing however I have been out trying to take 
another sunset photo. Now I know they say the things to avoid, aren't they? Are sunsets, um, kittens, and flowers. Are they the three things they talk about on Flickr all the time? But I do like a really good sunset. I think sunsets are, are one of the great spectacles of the natural world, and I, I mean I don't know. I think we're very lucky. I mean I live on the south coast of the UK. Um, and so, you know, we if I go down to Leon Solent, you can see the sun go down. I, it, I mean, it does go down behind the land, but there's a big stretch of water in, in the front. And there are some spectacular sunsets down there, some really amazing ones. And I think probably, oh, I, I definitely, my, my most popular photo ever, which I think was last year, was, was a sunset photo from exactly the same place as I took this recent one. Um, because the, I just think they're amazing. And one of the things I try and do with my sunsets is I try and take them with telephoto lenses so that I'm kind of zooming in. But anyway, I kind of, because I've had a little spare time in the evenings before the World Cup started, but that's that's a whole another story, I was kind of going down to Leon Solent every evening, you know, at about um, 18 minutes past nine was when the sun was going down a couple of weeks ago, using my photographer's ephemeris to see exactly when the sun was going to go down and exactly which angle it was going to be going dipping below the horizon on. So I'd jump in the car at about 9 o'clock, zoom down to Leon and jump out of the car, set up my tripod, and then start shooting. And I probably... There's probably five days, I would think, before I actually got uh, the shot I was looking for. Um, because I, you know, I wanted it where the sun was going down, and the sun basically lit up most of the of the horizon you know in, in the view of my camera but and putting and taking it with the 55 to 250 you know zoomed out at 250 it was only a small portion you know if you looked at the whole scene with your normal eyes and um, you'd have gone oh it's a pretty sunset but it's not amazing but by zooming in you can make a you know an average sunset look absolutely uh, superb and i also did a hdr effect on it um so i took three exposures combined them in photomatics i think yeah photomatics Went for a, a natural type of look, and uh, the colours really pop out. Makes it look a little bit surreal. But I think the the, the problem, one of the problems with photographing sunsets is they never look as vivid as when you were there. But I think when you HDR things, you you do get a really good impression of how amazing some sunsets can be. And I don't think I could ever get jaded with sunsets. I mean, now I've got that sunset in the bag for this year. You know, I'm not going to be jumping um, in the car and zooming down to Leon Solent to capture many more. But it was kind of, I wanted to share that with you because it was a good example of revisiting exactly the same spot night after night after night with a specific um, goal of capturing a sunset shot. And I did get it in the end. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty chuffed with it. I'll put the photo in the show notes for sub uh, SEL episode 238 so you can see that. Maybe you've already seen it in my uh, Flickr photo stream. But uh, yeah, I was quite proud of the fact that I kept going down, kept going down, and eventually I got the shot I wanted. Now, the other thing I've just done a video on about, which might be of interest to uh, people out there, is about off-camera TTL flash. Now, this little bit of the podcast is a little bit Canon-centric, so my apologies to everybody else, you know, Nikon, Sony, and everybody else uses. Um, 
but maybe uh, it will turn you on to some of the features in your cameras too. And since I got my Canon 600D at Christmas, the Rebel T3i as it's also known, I was very aware of the fact that um, the little pop-up flash that it uses can also be used as a commander unit to control other flashes. And I also know that one of the budget Yongnuo flashes I picked up from the car boot last year, the YN565EX, was one such flash. But I never got round to really playing with it. I haven't done much flash photography um, this year at all. But I finally sat down and said, look, I should really have a look at this and see how it works. Because, um, you know, I've watched the Strobis videos and I think that having a good flash on your camera is probably the, the most important upgrade accessories anybody should get. I think you should have your, if you've got a DSLR, you should have your 18 to 55 kit lens. You should get your telephoto, like a 55 to 250 or 7300 or something like that. And then the next thing on your list should definitely be an, an on-camera, well, you know, a flash with a, with a flip-up tiltable head because it makes so much difference to your inside photographs and it makes things like portrait photography so much better and it opens up a whole new world of um, artificial lighting. So anyway, I was aware that I could do ETTL metering. So what that means is that when you've got um, your pop-up flash on your camera, when you take a photograph, you know, an aperture priority mode, shutter priority mode, um, auto, or um, or program mode, the camera works with the pop-up flash in order to you know control the exposure, so you get a nice-looking photo. So it's not overexposed or underexposed. But if you get um, a budget-type flash that uh, goes on the top of your camera, a lot of these are just manual flashes. So the only way to control the power of them is by adjusting the buttons on the back of the camera, on the back of the flash, sorry. And so the camera can't talk to the flash. When you move up to something that can talk to the camera, like the YN565 or any of the sort of you know Canon or Nikon or, Nikon or Sony flashes for their respective camera systems, they work together. And so the camera talks to the flash, the flash talks to the camera, and they make sure they get a nice exposure with the flash. But what happens when you take the flash off the camera? Because that's when everything gets really dynamic, isn't it? You can get really nice looking shots. Well, the problem is you most of the time you lose that communication of uh, of exposure. So all of a sudden, that expensive flash becomes a manual flash again. Or maybe you're using um, radio triggers, um, so they're basically just popping the flash, and you've got to go back to pressing the buttons on the back of the flash to change the power. Which is okay if you're in, you know, a studio situation with the subjects that are just kind of sitting there. But if you're in a a moving situation, say you've got a grandchild running around in different parts of the house, you know, that, that doesn't always work and you might well miss some shots. And what you can do with the 600D or, you know, the relevant sort of Canon cameras is that they use the pop-up flash to talk to a compatible uh, off-camera flash like the Yongno YN565EX with giving you TTL, so through the lens metering for the flash, with no extra bits at all. Basically, the flash kind of fires this Morse code. The pop-up flash fires this Morse code to the big flash, and the flash fires back. And that's how they work out what the proper exposure should be. Now, this all happens in a fraction of a second. You don't see any of this strobing going on, but it's very, very clever indeed. So, basically, I did a video showing you how to do this, how to set up your Canon 600D or Rebel T3i so that it would talk to the YN565 and the YN565 would talk back to the uh, 600D and it's absolutely amazing the fact you can have 
wireless automatic flash with no wires <laughs> and no radio poppers no um n nothing in between at all and it works fine inside to quite long distances obviously if you're outside it won't work so good in bright sunshine um, but i was very very impressed indeed so if you've got one of the newer canon cameras and i'm sure nikon have a similar sort of system maybe with a with a, a commander on the top get something like the yn565ex or um, there's a couple of other young newer ones, or the proper Canon flashes, and you've got automatic flash without anything else. It's so cool. And in the video, I was only showing you how to do it with one flash, but you can do it with multiple flashes in different groups, so they can be at different powers, and you can adjust the power of the flash from the back of your camera <laughs> um, without having to touch it, which just kind of blew my mind, and I, I really enjoyed that too. So if you haven't already check it out it makes off-camera flash so easy and so cheap as well because there's no mucking around buying expensive um, pocket wizards or anything like that now this will be a short podcast this week because i'm actually looking at the clock and it's 10 minutes into the holland um uh argentina game in fact i'm sitting in front of the telly so i'm just going to turn the telly onto itv to see if uh, there's been any goals yet let's have a look because l last night i was actually capturing cap catching up watching um uh hello what we got holland nil argentina nil i was catching up watching some old episodes of sherlock um the sherlock holmes program and i thought it had gone about half an hour into the brazil game and i thought all right i'll turn it on now because i'm sure it'll be warmed up and it was four nil to the germans already so i'd missed you know, some of the most exciting bits of the game. And how did... Is that amazing? Oh, it finished 7-1. Unbelievable. What, what a game. We've, what a World Cup we've had. Um, been absolutely uh, brilliant football. Lots of goals in this World Cup, which is unusual. Lots of um, shenanigans going on, which is all built to the drama, I think, and the kind of Shakespearean aspect of uh, of football. Uh, but it's been very good, good indeed. Anyway, less talk about football and more talk... Hello, Messi's got a free kick. He's going in. Ooh, nice defending. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting a bit distracted. So let's go back to our new photo assignment for July. I know it's the 9th already. We're getting a bit behind. But if you go over to rubnonphoto.com, the assignment for July is landscapes at dawn and dusk. So take any new photograph that relates to that, a landscape or a photo, any type of photo taken at dawn and dusk and put it in the photo pool share it with everybody else inspire us all remember it's just for fun there's no prizes unless you choose to enter amateur photographer of the year which is open to everybody and there's links over there then you know you might win a camera but remember that's nothing to do with romanofoto.com or the SEL photography podcast and we're just kind of copying that for the year to get get some inspiration and how to do that so there we go landscapes at dawn at dawn and landscapes at dawn and dusk Go over to robinandfoto.com, click on the link to take you to the Flickr group, and have a go. So that's it from me this week. I told you it was just a short podcast, so apologies. I'll do a longer one next time. Thanks to everybody for posting their photos in the Flickr group. Amazing work being done. Thanks to everybody who's uh, posts on robinandfoto.com. Thanks to everybody who sends me emails. I really look forward to getting emails from listeners and people who watch the YouTube videos. It means an incredible amount to me. So, you know, even if you just want to say hello, drop me an email, scalespeeder at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, it really makes my day. And uh, that's about it, really. And hopefully, pretty soon, I'll see you on Flickr.